Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. The final day of the month is Tuesday, February the 28th. Coming up, you can hear from the woman who says the traffic got so bad where she lived in Kent, she's quit the county and headed to France. Plus, a mum has praised the staff at a Kent hospital that saved her baby's life. And the Jules boss chats ahead of tonight's game. But first today, the new owner of a Whitstable coffee shop has been telling the podcast she never imagined having sleepless nights over short shortages of tomatoes and cucumbers. You may have heard that Lidl has become the latest supermarket to bring in limits on how much fresh fruit and veg we can buy. The lack of produce is due to poor weather in Spain and Morocco. Well, Sarah Osborne took over the kitchen at Whitstable in December and has been chatting to me about the journey so far. We just saw it was an opportunity. My daughter already worked at the cafe and um, I went on a website where you can buy small businesses and it had just come up and it was in the local area where we live and it just there at the right time. So they say don't have there's never a good time to buy a house, have a baby and there's never a good time to buy a business, it would seem. Did you think twice at all because of what's going on at the moment? I mean, did you have any hesitations or was it just if we don't do it now, perhaps we never will sort of attitude? Yes, but. Uh, what we did do was a huge amount of research. We spoke to uh, people that we know that already have small businesses. We also took financial advice. And I remember vividly sitting in our kitchen with a an accountant who said, I don't think you should do this. And myself and my husband looking at each other and just justifying to him why this was a good idea. And now we're only 10 weeks in and we often look at each other and say, don't mention that. Don't, let's not talk about it. What are the big challenges then? And and I know it's very early days, but are you happy with the decision that you made? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, the challenges, the, the good things that happen do outweigh the challenges. The challenges that we've really faced is the fact that we don't have any industry experience. We're very reliant on the people that already worked there. Um, we are in an industry that neither of us have any experiences so little things for example um not having change to go in the till might for another business that's easy to sort out from our point of view we just look at each other the local banks have all closed so we can't just pop to the bank and get change so that's when we kind of rely on the other local traders in the high street who have been amazing you know pop to them and say what shall I do and they say oh here you go we've been to the bank you can have some of our change so things like that have been amazing very very supportive uh, local traders has, has really helped us out obviously energy prices is the one thing that everyone has been talking about because you've taken over at this particular time I guess you don't really know what it was like previously but have, have the staff who have been there for a while told you anything about that or what is it like at the moment? Well, there is help out there. The thing is that we've had to do is actually go and find it. I've found it quite surprising that it wasn't, uh, there isn't a way in which small businesses can kind of find this out. So we had to go searching. Uh, the um, electricity um, obviously is is going up, and um, but we did the same as you would with a house. We've looked on comparison websites. There's There's companies that do that for small businesses and they've worked with us to find the best deals that they can the one thing that I have found surprising was the or the thing that has shocked me the most I suppose is the rates the local business rates um what I thought was a annual bill turned out to be a quarterly bill which I don't even know why I'm laughing because that is really not funny so um 
I was very surprised at that and I rang the council and spoke to them about it and then I did realise that because we're in the hospitality sector there are um, uh, discounts that apply to us but also there are um, a discount because we only have one business, uh, we're a sole well, because we have one business, we were entitled to another discount as well, which has brought that down. So as I say, there is, I feel that there is support out there, but we do have to actually go and find it. And what about um, produce and the things that you're bringing in to obviously sell? Because, well, we've seen supermarkets, <laughs> shelves empty at the moment of, of fruit and veg. Obviously, you're focusing on, on coffee, but do you do other bits and pieces and, and how's getting that in been affected? This week, um, we haven't noticed it so much, but, um, you know, anything that you plan for, and we've planned for things like the economy and we could never have guessed that there'd be a tomato and cucumber shortage so uh, that's kind of come as a bit of a surprise um at the moment our suppliers uh seem to be okay we were able to get those goods we um um as part of our uh, what we offer we obviously do cakes we do sandwiches and we also do like things like jacket potatoes and pastries and those are so served with a side salad and at the moment we are able to to get the uh, ingredients that we need to do that but certainly I'm very very surprised that tomatoes and cucumbers would be something that causes me sleepless nights yeah I mean who thought that was going to happen and we've spoken to a farmer who said it could go on for several months so might you have to adapt ever so slightly what you're doing we, of course we will. And that's what's quite nice about uh, having a, a small business, just a, a family uh, business, that we can make these decisions very quickly and easily and we can adapt things quickly. Uh, things, uh, if we were part of a bigger organisation, obviously it might take a while to get these things done, but we're a very small team and we're really, really, uh, we can make decisions very quickly and change what we're doing uh, very quickly as well. Kent Online News. Police have given us a CCTV image of a man they're hunting after a bank cart was stolen from a car in Lyd. The vehicle was broken into on Mill Road overnight earlier this month. We've shared that picture on our socials. Two people have appeared in court after cash and bank cards were stolen from lockers at two gyms in Ashford. It happened over the space of a month earlier this year. A gym in Eastbourne was also targeted. A 50-year-old man and a woman who's 36 are facing 21 charges between them and are due at Crown Court at a later date. You can follow Kent Online on socials or head to the website today to see pictures of rats found by students at the house they rent in Canterbury. Now, the tenants had moved in in September last year and say the rodents have been spotted trying to climb out of the toilet at the property in Tenterden Drive. The council say they're concerned as it's also emerged permission to turn the property into an HMO for students hasn't been granted. This is one of our most read stories today. Work has finally started on a controversial new housing development in in Ashford. Diggers have moved onto land in the Kennington part of town, which will eventually become Conningbrook Park. Well, reporter Leanne Castle joins me now. Leanne, for anyone who doesn't know the town well, can you firstly describe this area in a bit more detail? The site's along Willsborough Road in Ashford, which is part of Kennington, and for those who don't know, they might be more familiar with the fact that it's between Conningbrook Hotel and the Julie Rose Stadium. In fact, it's actually really quite close to the stadium. It's just up the road. It's also opposite in a state called Little Burton 
and directly next to another new build estate called Coninbrook Lakes, which some of which is still being finished. And why is it so controversial? Um, it's controversial for a number of reasons. The first is that when the plans were first put forward, there was more than a thousand objections lodged by residents. And even for a housing development, that's an awful lot of people. They were sort of concerned about overcrowding at the location, extra traffic on the roads, pollution, access to the estate, because Willsborough Road is already incredibly busy as it is. It's also proved controversial because while the plans were approved a few years ago in 2020, the developers weren't actually allowed to start work yet. They were held up by poor water quality levels that were found at the Stod Marsh Nature Reserve just outside Canterbury. It means that they couldn't start anything because they had to demonstrate that the development wouldn't actually have any adverse impacts on the site. You've been speaking to some people nearby. What have they had to say? So neighbours aren't naive to the fact that this was coming. They expected work to start at some point, but because there'd been so many delays already, I think actually seeing the work start was a bit of a shock for them. Some said they would have just liked a little bit more noticed because the majority of neighbours who live nearby were against the development. And finally, when is it likely to be finished and is there any word from the developers at all? If everything goes to plan, Red Row have told us they hope the first residents will be moving in as soon as spring next year, so it's quite a quick turnaround. Leanne, thank you ever so much. You can see pictures of what that development could eventually look like and indeed a map of the site as well by heading to the website. Kent Online reports. A police dog's helped track down three men who escaped from a lorry trailer on the A2 near Gravesend. Officers were called to the Cobham service station last week and followed them through woods and fields. One of the men was found hiding in a bush by PD Delta. All three were arrested on suspicion of immigration-related offences. Bosses at a curry house near Ashford insist they've made improvements after being given a one-star health rating. Roger of Kent was criticised by inspectors for having a dirty kitchen and storing raw meat next to naan bread. Well, a follow-up visit by the Food Standards Agency found it was much cleaner and tidier with a new report due to be published soon. Plans for a so-called super surgery that could serve 20,000 people in North Kent have been submitted. If given the go-ahead, the medical centre will be built on land at Steele Avenue in Greenhithe. The idea is to replace three existing surgeries in Dartford and bring them under one roof. Staff and students at Medway's first university technical college are celebrating today a significant turnaround after being rated good by inspectors. The UTC was placed in special measures after being branded inadequate following an initial visit by Ofsted. Well, it's since been renamed Waterfront and a new management team was brought in. The education watchdog says it's gone from strength to strength. Now, a Seven Oaks mum has praised NHS doctors and nurses for saving her baby's life just minutes after she was born. Emma Innes had just given birth when it became very clear that her daughter Sophie wasn't breathing. She spent 10 days in intensive care and a total of three weeks in hospital, but has now completely recovered. Emma has written a book about her experience, which has even been praised by celebrity author and former Queen of the Jungle, Giovanna Fletcher. Here's Emma's story. So in the delivery room, she had to be resuscitated and um, an incredible doctor. He spent a long time suctioning fluid out of her lungs in the delivery room. I know my husband said it was just absolutely horrific to watch but I suppose his actions were the first most crucial in saving her life and when she was a few hours old she had to be moved to intensive care at UCLH and yes she was on absolutely full whack everything they could offer there wasn't any more that could be offered 
for her in a normal intensive care unit. And they, they were just incredible. There's, I, I can't describe how fantastic they were at the Royal Free and at UCLH because, you know, when she was delivered, the consultant who resuscitated her said she didn't expect a good outcome. I don't know if you can put it into words, but what was going through your head? I mean, as, as a mum that's just given birth, I mean, it must have been traumatic for you. It was very traumatic and you picture when you've had a baby, you're going to be cuddling it and taking photos and all the grandparents are going to come and visit. And it just wasn't like that on any level. I guess there's just a huge sense of helplessness because we couldn't do anything. We couldn't hold her. I didn't get to hold her at all until she was, I think it was nine days old because the ventilator she was on was in a fixed position. So they couldn't move her at all. Um, so, you know, there was, there was absolutely nothing we could do for her and just feel so, so helpless and so sort of useless. You know, we weren't able to be parents to her. Um, but the care she received was just, just mind blowing. And they looked after her so beautifully and uh, just, I don't have the words really. They, the the care they gave her was just so fantastic. After some pretty hairy uh, days, she sort of turned a corner and she, yeah, started to get better. And now she's, she's perfect. She's absolutely fine. I think it's I think it's really lovely to hear such a positive hospital story as well because there's so much sort of negativity surrounding hospitals at the moment. Mm. I think just to have like you know that one doctor or the nurses or whoever looked after her at the time. You don't know who they are, but you know it's the fact that they just do that day in day out is I think amazing. I mm. I could not praise them more highly. The uh, the Royal Free, you know, it was four in the morning. And they all had to come flying up from pediatric A&E into this just disastrous situation. And there they were. They stepped up to the challenge and they were just amazing. Kent Online reports. A Kent woman's told the Kent Online podcast how she's doing her very own escape to the chateau after getting so fed up with traffic in the county. Heidi Muir had lived in Allington in Maidstone for 30 years, but says local roads couldn't cope with increased house building. Rather than move to a more rural part of the county, she's headed to France with husband Anthony. Heidi has been chatting to our reporter, Megan Carr. It was basically the developments that were starting around um, the Allington area, um, you know, before like you might have a few few houses being built here and there, but then suddenly it becomes hundreds into thousands. Um, and the road roads just couldn't cope at the time anyway. The main road, London Road going into Maidstone was gridlocked most weekends. And when you're looking that thousands of houses were being built from the Maidstone Hospital down to the motorway junction. And then on top of that, you've got another new housing estate being built on the old um, Kimberley Clark, I believe it was, at Aylesford. And there are thousands of houses being built there, but there was no motorway junctions being built. So they're all coming into the same motorway junction. And just everything was taking its time getting anywhere um and so these were one of the main factors why we just wanted to maybe just change our lifestyle a little bit and instead of having this really busy lifestyle we just wanted a a different environment i mean i don't know if you can hear around what you can hear it's just literally the um birds singing and there's no traffic and it's a different way of life and it takes a little bit of getting used to but it's I think it was just healthier for us our children had all grown up and moved on um so they were encouraging us to 
to do what we wanted to do. And yes, yeah, so we'd, we'd been looking for about two years, mainly to start off with just a holiday home. Um, and just from there, then we found this house and just made us rethink, you know, what we were doing in, with our lives. And we just wanted to maybe make a different change to our lives. I mean, it sounds brilliant. I mean, I think one of the first questions that came to, to my mind, because I know you start a holiday home, but why France? Obviously, I understand getting away from Maidstone as someone that commutes there every now and then. It is horrible, like, horrific on the road, terrible. But obviously, there's more um, like uh, countryside places in the UK and such. So why did you choose France? France, obviously, you can get a lot more money, a lot more for your money in out, out here. Um you can buy houses out here from £30,000 um, upwards. Okay, if you're looking at buying a £30,000 house, you will it will require work. You know, the, you will have to have electrics or plumbing. So we were looking around those sort of prices anyway. But then we just thought with the money that you're putting in, and obviously when you come out as a holiday home, if the house has got a lot of work to do, it then doesn't become a holiday home. So we then, I actually, I was made redundant from my work in October. So that was sort of like a, a really good pushing point of, yes, let's make this move. Let's, let's go. Where we are, we're about an hour and a half from Limoges airport. Um, Limoges flies to seven different destinations in England. Um, it's only an hour and a half flight, hour, 15 minutes, hour and a half flight. Um, so again, it's really quick and simple to get back to the UK to see our children or for the children to come out to us. Um, and like I say, lifestyle over here is is very different. Um, you know, the French have a lunch break from midday to two o'clock every single day. So that's very difficult to get used to because obviously England is open 24-7. Um, everything's closed on a Sunday so it's going back to those old-fashioned ways that we used to well when I used to live as a child but um, yeah I mean it's just peaceful and quiet my husband's a cyclist so he used to commute to work um, from Maidstone to Gravesend to Cycler Park um, and it was always a worry you know did he get there did he, did he get involved in an accident whereas out here there's hardly any cars on the roads i think with the southeast of england it is just becoming so overcrowded and to move north or south into the countryside in england which would have been lovely is we wouldn't have got what we've got the house out here for the same value it, we just know that we, we, we would not we would not be able to afford a house like this in England. Well, the couple are planning to run a B&B. You can see the property by heading to the website. The man in charge of the Kent Wildlife Trust has been telling MPs today about the project that's reintroduced bison to the wild near Canterbury. Evan Bowen-Jones has been explaining how the Wilder Bleem project works and what they're hoping to achieve. A committee have also been hearing about plans to reintroduce beavers to the wild and how they can be managed. Well, at Kent Online today, you can see new pictures and video of the bison calf that was born six months ago in that woodland near Canterbury. The herd was released last summer as part of that project to improve biodiversity and make the area more resilient to climate change. The calf did come, you may remember, as a bit of a surprise, but he has been settling in well. Exmoor ponies, Iron Age pigs and Longhorn cattle are also due to be introduced 
to the woodland. Kent Online Sports. Football and Chillingham will be hoping to extend their unbeaten run at Priestfield tonight. They're taking on Bradford City after beating AFC Wimbledon at the weekend. Another victory would make it five in a row at home. The visitors, though, are pushing for a place in the playoffs. Here's Jill's boss, Neil Harris. Possibly the biggest challenge has been here. Mansfield were excellent against us on the day. But Bradford possibly the, the toughest game since, since the turn of the, since the Leicester game. Possibly Bradford the toughest game. And slightly different game. Good football team. Um, so we'll have to compete well and have good shape. Kick-off tonight is at 7.45. Don't forget, you can follow the match action on the website today. Just head to Kent Online. We'll have details of the result in bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM, from 6 tomorrow morning. Plus, we'll have plenty more reaction in tomorrow's podcast. And in cricket, New Zealand have beaten England by just one run in their second test match. Kent Zach Crawley scored 24 runs in their final innings to help England reach 256 just short of their target. It means the series finishes in a one-all tie. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning. That's via the briefing. And to sign up, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.